so funny. Every time I tell people from America I'm from Canada, especially on stage, immediately, hey, how's it going, Harry? You want a war? Or do you want to just give me a war? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. Welcome, everybody, to episode seven, Prosciutto Masala. Um, Dre, how are you doing tonight? Not too bad, not too bad. Happy Sunday, Rob. Happy Sunday, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we're, we're recording a bit later in the day than usual. I know me and you are early birds. We like to record <laughs> earlier and, and get it over and done with. But uh, today, we you know, we each had uh, a bunch of stuff going on. So glad we could finally uh, at least get on uh, get on the call. No worries at all. You know, as one would say, it's better late than, better late than never, right? Hundred percent, yeah. So today, this week, we're going to talk about. Um, I hate to be, you know, it seems like nowadays everybody's talking about COVID all the time, and I hate to bring it up, but I feel like there's some valid things to discuss, especially with you know the recent changes in Ontario now and the restrictions, which which is um, uh, which is kind of new. Um, and for those of those those of you, excuse me, listening in the states, um, I'm not sure if we mentioned last time, but. Um, Ontario now is under, um, not a full lockdown, but restricted, um, I, I think you could say amenities and, and certain things are restricted, certain restaurants. Um, I, I don't remember all the restrictions off uh, the top of my head, but, um, I know essentially it's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dre, it's like restaurants, it's takeout only, um, yeah. grocery stores are open, um, uh, shopping malls are open, which I don't really know why. Um, and a lot of things, gyms are closed. Um, so I guess the first question is like, what do you see, how, how far do you protect, you know, this, this going, do you think we're going to reach another restriction, another lockdown, or are well, we going to, you know, the end of the two weeks, which is the 22nd, I think, or 24th, something like that, they're going to, we'll go back to kind of having things open again. It, you know, Rob, it's a tough one because when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from different angles, right? You can look at it from a financial perspective. You can look at it from an educational perspective. So it really depends. Now, if we're talking money, so if we're talking income, if we're talking revenue, you know, they, they kept the, the malls open, right? Um, because the retail industry, especially the big corporate, you know, companies, they took a hit during 2020. So I couldn't really yeah. see them locking down a mall, right? Um, now, keep in mind, one thing that I will add to it is the malls are open, yes, but it's 50% capacity, which, to be honest with you, is pretty much the same thing. All that means is that you just have to go and wait in line outside the store kind of thing. So the, the the malls itself are still, you know, fully filled with people. It's just a matter of what store is going to give you 50% capacity, right? Um, now, the restrictions, you know, it, how long will they last? That, that's the tough one. We don't know. Um, some people are looking at it from the angle of, well, how many people are in the hospital? How many people are taking up beds? You know, are the kids going to have to go back home? Are they going to have to go back? You know, it's it, it's a tough one. And a part of me who wants to be optimistic wants to say, you know, January 24th, which was the predicted um, end date. But, you know, of mm -hmm. course, naturally, you know, let's be honest, it's probably going to go till February. Um, and then at that point, we can have this conversation, at, you know, and see, you know, what direction it's going in. Um, the one thing that I will say is that when you are doing a lockdown during the winter months, the winter seasons, um, you're more likely to receive less 
um, get back from the public as far as furthering that lockdown because what's the one thing that happens during the winter? You're not social as much because it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's minus 20 outside, no one's really going on site to begin with. So saying, you know, that your favorite theater is on lockdown isn't really going to hurt too many people. Whereas if we fast forward to maybe the summer months, so for us that would be June, July, August, um, this wouldn't really be taken too lightly, right? So it really depends. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's it's a it's um like we were talking about roughly last episode. I think it's a slippery slope where um I, I think it's a really tough job for the politicians. I know everybody's giving shit to the politicians, but you know it, it's they're trying to please everybody. They're trying to please the small businesses. They're trying to please the medical community that that's worried about numbers and all that stuff. So I get it. It's a tough situation, but. I think they got to be really careful how how they go about it. I think the one good thing that I think they did this time, uh, obviously I'm not a big fan of of the restrictions and and the kind of semi lockdown. I don't think anybody is, but I think it's good that they did it across Ontario versus before. I just remember the beginning of COVID. It was like Oakville does one thing, Mississauga does another thing. So Mississauga's locked down. The bars in Oakville were open, so people were just not stupid. They were they want to go to a bar they were just going across the street and it was like not fair to the, those other businesses. Right. So I think the one good thing, at least they did it across the board now, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's, it's getting to the point where it's almost like, I don't know if the right saying is too little too late, but it's getting to the point where people are getting really, I think fed up. And I feel like it, it probably wasn't handled the best way to begin with. And if we handle this a bit better to begin with, where you know, even now, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not obviously a virologist or um, a, 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 an expert, but for me, I, I, th- I think I see a lot of people, even from my inner circles and just, you know, uh, getting the demeanor of people I see online is people are getting fed up. And I think if they're not careful, uh, you're going to start to see more people stand up and riot and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, right. I mean, or even not even that's just right, even just more so like just kind of polite defiance where they're going to the stores not wearing masks um, or they're just, you know, politely saying no um, well, because, you know. Yeah, but Rob, the one thing, I mean, again, it goes back to what I was saying last week uh, when we had our conversation. It's, it comes down to what is the end goal here? Because no, no one is refuting lockdowns. No one is refuting masks, at least initially. When this happened two years ago, which sounds crazy when I say it, but when this happened two years ago, um, cool. You know, there's germs. Let's get the hand sanitizer out. Things are in the air. Let's get the, you know, the the uh, air mist sanitization uh, sprays out. You know, if, hmm. if, if it's something that was airborne, let's put the mask on. You know, things of that nature made sense back then. But now when you're two years later, people kind of want to know, okay, you're saying this still, um, what is the end goal? Is the end goal, like, no one's really giving us an end goal. They're saying, do this, then go back to doing this. Now now you can go do this, but in a couple months, you might have to go back to doing this. So I think it's a case of, all right, what is the, as what I would like to call, what is the five-year plan? Or what is the one-year plan? What is the two-year plan? What is the three-year plan? Now, of course, when you're dealing with the science community, that's very difficult for someone to predict. And if that is the case, then what are we doing here? Because you cannot shut down a world for years upon years upon years with the intention of society coming out of it the way that it was before. Because, you know, because you you want people to come out um, 
optimistic. You want them to come out ambitious. You want them to come out, um, you know, happy and alive to, you know, mm-hmm. push the world forward. The one thing that I'll mention is there are kids <laughs> right now who are going through high school, going through college, going through university, and they're missing out on a lot of the major social um, events that impact them and shape them. So, for example, um, prom, going out for a date, uh, the uh, the um, the first year college experience, the frosh week, the um, the networking events with employers at you know at at, um, at uh, lecture halls and colleges, and you know all these things are kind of being postponed, and. And, and, I, and yes, we know why they're being postponed. But again, what is the one-year plan? What is the two-year plan? What is the three-year mm-hmm. plan? And this is something that's not being discussed. Because if you told everyone that on March 2020, that on January 2022, we're going to be in the exact same position, I think every, everyone probably would have laughed. Um, yeah, no I really think ex- a lot of people, yeah. no, nobody really predicted this, right? Right. So, and, and I think that's the issue here. It's like, what is the end goal? Um, and if you don't know the end goal, that's cool. That's perfectly fine. But let's not get it twisted in, in the in, in the sense that you're enforcing all these rules and laws as if you know really what's going on. And it's okay if you don't know what's going on. That's the magic and the nature of science. Science is very unpredictable. You can't predict what's going to happen in nature. You, you can make an educated guess, but at the end of the day, the key word there is guess. And so that's really what it is. Yeah, we're going to see. Like, I mean, uh, now like you, you kind of touched on it, uh, on it briefly with kids and students and stuff like that. Now, I, I've seen a little bit from some of my nieces and nephews and stuff um, where their social anxiety around other kids of their age and whatnot, even around just people, uh, has gone up where, you know, we went for a walk with, with – um, my niece and nephew, like uh, maybe about a month ago now outside and people were coming towards us on the sidewalk and they, he got all scared. He's like, oh, we got to move across the street. We got to, you know, get out of the way. And it's like, it's so sad that that's, that's the first reaction. It's... And now what, what is the, I mean, I'm sure kids eventually after this is all done, they're going to, you know, get, go back to normal and start to socialize again. But well, I think I don't know. in the first few, know. in the first couple of years of, of a kid, like for example, from the ages of like, you know, you know, when you're a toddler from like, you know, three to like 10, your, your interactions with other kids really helps shape your, your, and your future. Right. Exactly. And think of it this way. Well, not even when you're a toddler, when, when you're in high school, um, I mean, of course I can only speak from the perspective of a male, but when you're in high school, you, you know, some people don't date, some people don't know how to talk to the opposite sex. Some people don't know how to you know, be social to make friends. I didn't. I went to all boys school for four years. Yeah, fucking and, and shit. That's, exactly. And that's the whole, you know, and that's the whole point. It's like, you know, it's those basic communication skills that you mm-hmm. are losing right now because of this. Now, yeah. of course, you know, I don't want to just be blame code for everything, but at the same token, you know, you have to think of it this way. You know, the, the cool thing about school is that it kind of forces people to be social. It puts them in those situations. College puts you in those social situations, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, when you eliminate that and you have communication being done more so on social media and Skype or Zoom or chat uh, services for schools and all that, that's not exactly normal because you're 
your your first impression is their image, their avatar, and how fast they can type. That's really what it is. Um, there's people who I know that never have even heard the voice of the other person that they're talking to, and that it's part sad. of it's kind of, and that's kind of weird, yeah, yeah. on so many levels. It's um, sad because speaking, you know, speaking of that, yeah. um, it's funny. Like you, you kind of mentioned that you know, just being like very everything digital. Not to go off on a tangent for a sec, but no, I was me. reading a little bit about the other day about uh, Zuckerberg's uh, metaverse. Nice. I know if you've yes. heard, have you, I know if you've heard much about this, but I have. Yeah. It, it's pretty scary, man. It seems like for me, like the way I, I see this, I mean, it's a very smart business move, but I see him almost like wanting to create now, like almost like a platform, like ready player one. Did you ever seen that well, movie ready player one? Yeah. But you know what? I think a lot of people have a misconception on what the metaverse is. So Mark Zuckerberg didn't really create the metaverse from a marketing perspective. All, all he did was just name his, his company, uh, well, not his company, I guess you could say he named his most popular platform um, off the name Metaverse, so it's named Meta. But I mean, from what I have researched, from what I've looked into, the Metaverse is just a digital environment or of the environment that we see on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So right now, for example, there, there are some shopping malls. I think Sherway Gardens is, is uh, in the process of doing this, but everything is going digital. And what I mean by that is it's not going on the internet, which it is already, but I mean, these stores are being replica, uh, replicated and the merchandise are being replicated and they're being, I guess it's hard for me to put this into words, but they're actually putting them on a interactive VR 3D platform, which is what the metaverse is. It's very digital. So I think this is was kind of, in the making for a while now, but you know, we never really had any reason for this to get amplified. As I said, COVID has changed the industries across the board, and this is just one of them, right? Um, I think the metaverse is a good thing. I think it's in its early infancy, so it's hard for us to predict where it's going. But obviously, the first impression is that it's this environment that, as you said, is similar to Ready Player One. I think that there is some truth to that, but I think there is more to it, though. Like, have you seen that movie, Ready Player One? Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. So for me, like, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's it's friggin' really scary, to be honest, because for me, what I read about uh, you know, his footnote or keynote or whatever when he was talking about what the metaverse is, is it almost seems like he's trying to create something that's an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, um, a, yeah. a social media platform all in one, right? So now it's kind of like it's smart from a business perspective, but... What's going to happen? I mean, people are already online now anyways, with Instagram, yeah. with YouTube, all that stuff. So I, I mean, think what he wants to do is create yeah. one one site, mega site, that almost has all these things where you can log on. Imagine logging onto a site or say this this platform with your VR goggles. And you if you get an email, you don't have to take off your goggles. You can just get the email inside the inside your metaverse account. Or if you want to watch YouTube or if you want to go chat with friends or you want to check Instagram, you can do everything from this one, like, I don't know if they're going to use Oculus, like, which is the, like, VR uh, goggles, I think, that yeah. they bought, um, yeah. that they bought that company. But imagine something like that, where it's like, I, I really think it's going to be a point where, you know, you even look at, not not from, like, a social perspective, but you look at uh, economically, like, the rich and divide, I think most people will agree, is getting greater and greater within, like, North America, where, you know, a lot of countries now 
like look at Brazil, Venezuela, there's no middle class anymore. There's the ultra rich and there's all the ultra poor. Yeah. And I think with that stuff happening, now you're going to have things like, okay, where everybody can go on rich or poor to the metaverse and buy things kind of like, you know, it's already started with certain games. Like I don't really play it, but I just know a little bit about it, but like Fortnite or yeah. Fortnite's free, very smart yeah. game. You buy skins and you buy, you know, a character, um, you know, items and all this stuff. And that's how you make money. So I think it's 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 going to be an evolution of that where you just go on the metaverse, you can spend all your money there. And there's almost no point anymore being, <laughs> you know, being out in public when everybody's on the metaverse. It's kind of like, remember when we were like in grade seven, grade eight, everybody went on after school to like MSN Messenger and you, oh my you waited for your crush yeah. to come on MSN Messenger oh and chat with them. And I feel like it's going to be like that, man, but for the new generation. But yeah, but yeah, you know, just to really sum it up, absolutely. Now, the one thing that I will point out is that, you know, this this is something that I've always known was going to happen. Not that I'm a genius or anything, but I remember. I think watching, you're a genius. No, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, but I remember watching, uh, well, to, for those who don't know, I'm a big old film junkie. I like watching old films. It's, it's, it's just my thing. And I remember watching a lot of the science fiction films in the 80s or mm. even even the late 70s and when you watch these films of course the year that these films are set in is like in the year 2500 the year 2400 the year mm -hmm. 3000 and if you look at all of them to be very honest with you a lot of those things are happening i, I remember watching star trek and they showed the automatic doors they showed some sort of device that looked like a cell phone yeah and they've shown some sort of virtual reality type of world and you know i think there's a movie with arnold schwarzenegger i think i forget the name of it now but it's when i think he it's a it's a film that's based around the fact that someone can add thoughts to their brain and they can was it a or it was something or total like recall. Total recall. Total recall. Now yeah, yeah. that concept is not so far fetched when you see what's going on now. Of course, that is some ways away, but I mean, you know, the virtual uh, world and landscape is something that you know it, it makes sense now. It, it's it's crazy when you think about it because if you think about, it, I mean, if you consider what the term is, science fiction, it's science, but fiction. Fiction to mm -hmm. those who don't know it means it's not real. <laughs> but it's based on fact. So, of course, you know, as long as it's scientifically possible and technologically possible, it can happen. And this mm -hmm. is why you're seeing these things happen um, now versus back then. Of course, back then you had the ideas based off of what could happen based off of, you know, science and putting that atta or attaching that to technology. And, you know, here we are. Yeah, man. It's crazy, man. I, I think it's... Uh... We're part of like, um, I feel like our, the millennial generation is kind of part of that um, bridge between, you know, technology and and kind of a little bit um, of, of analog, I guess, or yeah, or, yeah before digital, where, you know, yeah. our parents' generation was kind of pretty much, they all grew up, they didn't have the internet, they didn't really have cell phones, but we grew up, like, we still kind of remember a time in, like, you know, elementary school where cell phones just came out, At the oh, internet, man, Google was just a thing, you know, I remember when I remember in elementary school, my dad, he, he at the time he worked for Rogers for about 10 years and um, he would come home with like these giant Nokia phones. So this was probably nine between 1997 to 2002. Mm -hmm. um, he would come home with this big giant cell phone and 
it was kind of funny and it, just looking at it, I'm like, why? Like, well, what's the whole point of this? There's an antenna that you have to pull out and it's mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. no, it's just too much equipment, too much, you know, too much going on. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, fast forward to, you know, 2022 and I can't even comprehend how much the cell phone has been added to our daily lives. Like you, I'm very curious to know what the stats are, but a part of me wonders, you know, if the entire planet has access to a cell phone, of course, if you're in a poor nation, unfortunately, that might be a little dif- different, but I think become, they do. I think I, I yeah. heard something a while ago that uh, like um, the average African um, has, you know, maybe can't afford like, you know, a home uh, or maybe it doesn't have bare eating utensils and, and things like that, but they yeah. have a cell phone, right? Because now they're becoming so cheap. And that's why, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but that's why a lot of people are really excited about crypto and Bitcoin because, um, you know, somebody in Africa that doesn't have even like, you know, maybe a, a, a pot to cook in um, can get access to the monetary system versus, you know, if you try to go get that same person tries to go get a traditional bank account, they need an address, they need, mm-hmm. you know, social security number, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. a lot of people are excited about the capabilities, right? So, um, you know, uh, it's, yeah, I think, you know, I think we're, I think it's a, it's an interesting time, at least for my, at least for our generation specifically, because um, as you said, we know what it was before and now we're, and now we're growing with technology. We're seeing the outcome of technology, but what's more interesting is actually, talking to these kids who are like 15 years old and who all all they know is a cell phone all they know is social media all they know is streaming services and if you ever get into a conversation with someone that's like 16 years old it's one of the most interesting yet mind-boggling conversations that you're ever going to have because because they have grown up with technology um it's their 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 thought process has kind of shifted in all areas so mm-hmm. they don't understand for example they don't understand what a what a cd is or a vinyl or a cassette they don't understand what it means to go to a store and buy a cd mm-hmm. all they know is streaming and and, uh, and not any of those kpi metrics that we use to you know evaluate music for example right so mm-hmm. you know it's just interesting it's very interesting yeah it's crazy you know to, to think about what's happening next i mean on on the same uh, kind of, you know, tangent we're on, on uh, technology, I was watching, so I went down the YouTube rabbit hole the other day on on uh, Elon Musk and about AI, and um, he was saying some pretty scary things about AI. Basically, it was an interview where he was talking about, it's kind of like, we need to be very careful um, when talking about AI, and um, It's pretty, uh, I was watching this basically interview with Elon Musk and he was basically talking about how we need to be careful because once we let that genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. And, and it, it, there was, he had some valid concerns about, you know, kind of like matrix type of situations where yeah. if we teach, if we, if we give AI the power to be able to, to learn and think for itself, um, it could pretty quickly get scary where they realize, okay, you know, humans are, for example, or, or obviously you know, causing wars with each other and doing a lot of things that are inefficient, you know, and turn off. So it was, it was interesting. Check out the, the interviews with him when you can, but it's some scary yeah. stuff. 
I mean, you know what? And as crazy as crazy and daunting as this might sound, it probably will happen. Now, is it going to happen on the level of the Terminator? Probably not. Um, but I can see some sort of virus being spread across the world that isn't in our control kind of thing, right? Um, well, that's, because, that's already happening. A virus is spreading exactly, around the world, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's the nature of it because, you know, think of Siri. Think of Google. Think of, you know, all these interactive services where I can talk in my TV room or talk on my phone and I can tell my phone what to search for and it, it comes back to me and it talks to me and it relays that information. That is a primitive form of AI if you think about it. It's more controlled, sure, but it's very, very primitive. Like if, think about it, if you introduce Siri to us back in 2005 or to, in the year 2000, mm-hmm. I think our minds will be mind boggled. Yeah it'll be mind boggled that you can talk into a TV, talk into a phone and it will pull information from the internet and do whatever it is that you tell them to. Like that, that concept is kind of crazy. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying we're going to see a nuclear end of times kind of deal. I mean, of course I think that's, you know, from someone who watches a lot of these movies, I highly doubt it's going to happen. But, um, you know, artificial intelligence, I think it has its pros and cons. I think it can do a lot of good, but it, equally, it can do a lot of bad. I think, like anything, you do have to have a lot of uh, control, a lot of restriction. And, and by that, I'm referring to the government and the governing bodies who are in charge of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you do have to make sure that, that it is like, it's almost like going to space. Not just anyone can just hop on a spaceship and go to space. You, know, you have to be part of NASA. You have to be part of some sort of global initiative, right? So I think the same concept would apply with that. Yeah, I just hope uh, you know the, the 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 right people are 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 looking into this because a lot of times it's the corporations that end up developing the technology before the government you know can make uh, regulations around it, right? Like look at crypto. Crypto kind of just came out because of uh, some anonymous you know person, Satoshi, basically released the code online and then. You know the governments are still trying to figure out how to how to tax it and how to yeah. deal with it. So it's, it's you hope that one. like with artificial intelligence that people are you know the companies that are that are developing artificial intelligence. I know there's already a, a like a robot out there. I think her name's Sophia that yeah. you can have a conversation with. I don't know if you've seen these videos. It's pretty creepy. I have. I've seen. It. It's very scary. It reminds me of like I. It reminds me of like um. What's that movie with Will Smith? Uh, I Robot. I Robot. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of that in some ways, right? So yeah. And again, yeah, got- it's just, it's, you know what, it's, it's technology evolving and advancing and you can't really escape it, but you have to, as one would say, tread lightly, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in that, in those avenues, you know, I think the advancement of technology is one of those industries where, you know, you're probably going to see it go up and up and up on a yearly basis for the end of time. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where, because with technology, you, you have to realize on one hand, it helps society. And the other hand, it makes money for society. So, yeah, it's that, that's why it's evolving at, a, at, a, at a, such a fast rate. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see in our lifetime for sure. Um, you know, maybe in the next 10 years, we're going to see some forms of art, artificial intelligence in just our everyday life. Like like you said, with Siri, I might get to the point where, you know, Siri, I don't know, like starts to like, okay, do you want your car started for you? Do you want, uh, you know, me to oh, start there. the microwave for you? Do you want me oh, to... Right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Oh, so. oh, it's there. When it comes to even cars, that's that's one area that I expect to see a lot of big, you know, changes and uh, developments in the next oncoming years. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, cars can start on their own. 
Like, yeah, mm-hmm. my sister's husband's her car, his car can turn on by him o- opening up his BMW app and just yeah. starting the car. Or yeah. it really is crazy. And then now, I, I think it, I think it was Tesla that was doing this, or it might, it might have been Apple. But there's going to be a self-driving car, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And those concepts are out there, and it's you know, cars are. I mean, and to be frank, cars are kind of behind with the times if you think about it. You know, you know, if you. I, uh, I go back to the films that, that I used to watch in the 80s and 70s. Around, around this time, there was the thought that we would have flying cars, right? Yeah. Like, I remember watching films, and it was said in the year 2000, and they said, by the year 2000, we're going to have flying cars and everything like that, and the gas-powered vehicles would be a, a thought of the past, mm-hmm. which, as you can see, is the is the polar opposite, you know, gas powered cars are still what we use and, but battery powered cars are getting up there. Right. And I, and I think in, I think in Canada, um, I could be wrong, but I know in Canada, I think I read somewhere where they said by the year 2025 or the year 2030, they expect all gas cars in Canada to cease to be present. I'm not sure, sure if I, if I'm saying that correctly, but I know they were in talks of, saying that they want the majority of the vehicles in Canada to be battery operated in some way, shape or form, whether it's a hybrid or whether a fully battery powered vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to go back and check the, that information, but I know in Canada, at least that is something that's in conversation. And Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man, uh, to see the, the, the advances it's, it's, it's pretty exciting, but it's scary at the same time too, because, uh-huh. uh, you know, like, you know, we, we already all know like how many times, uh, you know, is the phone listening to us and we will go searching on the internet and then all of a sudden it's like, shit, like I get an ad for something I was talking about. Like it happens to everybody. Right. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary to think that that's going to be kind of brought to the next level. Um, now, speaking of like next level stuff, and since we were talking about Elon Musk a little bit, one thing that I don't understand, I know everybody now like with him and Bezos, they're trying to get to Mars, but what I don't understand is why, Maybe maybe you could explain this to me. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we need to get an expert on the show or something. The Canadian freaking uh, yeah. What's that? What's that uh, black dude that's like really smart and he's oh. a scientist? Neil deGrasse. Oh, you need to get like a, a, Neil a DeGrasse Canadian Tyson. Neil deGrasse on the show or something. Yeah, you know it's it's I don't, well. Here's the thing. You want to know what it is? You have a scenario where Elon Musk has a shit ton of money, as he should. He earned that money. God bless him. Um, and he wants to go to Mars. You know what? And as I said, being a sci-fi junkie, being a movie junkie, we're behind with the whole space exploration deal. If you think about it, and I'm not sure what the age range of our listeners are, but if you go back into the 60s, there were industries that were thriving based off of the notion that the Americans wanted to go to the moon before the Russians and vice versa. Um, and there were a lot of jobs being made. There was a lot of ambition. There were a lot of um, per- progression in society based off of the, the exploration of Mars. And but my thing all- is, like, I'm wondering, like, why is it that, um, and I have a theory about this, but my question is, why is it that, you know, they want to go to Mars? I think the reason is, and why not, for example, why not to try populate the moon first? For me, it just makes well, so much more sense. It's closer. It's, There's it's less expensive. things on Mars that are going to kill us. Uh, it's expensive. Oh, sorry, the last thing on the moon is that's going to kill us. But don't, but don't forget, if you to populate the moon, mm-hmm. what what that implies is 
there's a, there's a whole ton of things you have to take into consideration. First thing, mm -hmm. you have to build some sort of living um, quarter, some sort of mm -hmm. some sort of city on the moon. The moon is not terraformed. For those who don't know what terraform means, terraform means there's no atmosphere, there's no oxygen, there's no anything. It's just yeah, but neither is Mars, right? No, but Mars has an atmosphere. It's it's but unfortunately, this atmosphere is poisonous to us. But they what what they've said is millions of years ago, there the atmospheres of Mars was that of Earth. It was oxygen, but but because Mars is an older planet, naturally that oxygen is no longer there but if you go to the north pole or i think it's the south pole of mars um there is oxygen there um it's not enough for someone to just take off their helmet and walk around but there is water and oxygen there so the best thing that i can explain to people is if you actually google i forget the name of the video but there's a video that compares earth to mars and mars mm -hmm. is just an old version of earth that's it. Or an Earth is just a young version of so, Mars. So you think um, it's going to be easier to terraform Mars rather than try no, to like set up? No, 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 no. I don't even think they. I don't even think they want to terraform Mars. I think the purpose of the reason why they're going to Mars, to be very honest with you, because Mars is the only planet in our solar system that you can actually navigate around and land on. If you look at the other planets, they're all gas giants. No, but meaning, my thing is why? Why not? The Moon is so much closer. Why not just try to? put people on the moon and living live on the moon right like we it, went there once the u.s went there how are you going to build it how are you going to build it, right because when you have um the same way you would with mars right they're gonna have to do all that stuff on mars anyway so what i just don't understand i think i know the, the answer and i think it's just as mm -hmm. simple as it's it's just kind of a cool factor like i think if, if if elon said for example like in all the science fiction movies talk about going to mars right so mars is kind of like considered like a cool planet so it's like if, if Elon says, oh, I'm going to Mars, and then Jeffrey Bezos says, oh, we're going to go to the moon, it kind of, it's almost like saying somebody, like, <laughs> it, it's not as cool to say you're going to the moon as you're going to the Mars. So I think, you know, Elon Musk kind of led the way saying, oh, we're going to try to go to the Mars, and now it's a race to Mars. But so I think people kind of, kind of forgot about the moon I'll a take little it. bit. I'll you know take I mean? it. I'll take it. At the end of the day, the thing with space, and this is something that I've learned from just, um watching and looking at the history of space travel space travel is like a sport you have to practice you have to get in there because the majority of the spaceships are not spaceships but the shuttles the rockets that go into space or are made to go into space the majority of them explode um so you have to do a lot of trial and error this is why space travel costs a lot of money because the majority of that money is for faulty ships that they build right so i mean this is why i'm okay with mars it might not be something that's going to be worthwhile in the long run but you have to build some sort of foundation because right now they don't really put too much money into space travel anymore just to give you some sort of perspective they spend more on the war in iraq well so, so the americans um mm -hmm. they spend more on the war in iraq in the entire in one year than the so so i'm sorry I, i'll let me re um restate, restate it. it yeah yeah, yeah. so the ent one year spent in the war in iraq uh -huh. was more than the entire budget of nasa from its creation to now wow. that's that's uh so 
Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So this is the whole thing, right? Because I think space travel, as as amazing as it was, it started off as a competition uh, Mm -hmm. against the Russians. And what's the one thing that happens when you're in competition with someone? You want to do everything and everything and then some to win. And this is where all the money was being poured at that time. And this is why there was so much progress made in space travel during the 60s. Like, think about it. This is the 60s. Technology was nowhere. Um, Yet, fast forward 40, 50 years, and we still haven't really done much in space. Yeah, that's the thing. It's almost like Elon now and and Bezos have reignited this, this, you know, kind of excitement about space and stuff. Right? I was talking with a good friend of mine yesterday, Chris. Uh, We probably will have him on the show eventually. He's a really smart guy, actually. Um, we were talking about this subject and about Mars, for example, and the moon. And if say we, we get there or, you know, whoever gets there, it's, it's going to be interesting to see in the next 20, 30, 40 years, how it plays out in terms of ownership, because, you know, like corporations, like anything, like we fight over pieces of land here on earth. Imagine how we're going to start fighting and corporations and governments are going to start fighting and, oh, who owns this part of Mars or who owns this part of Mars? Well, um, so we were talking about, do we think it's going to be the government that cl- takes claim to stuff first or corporations? No, and we were thinking it's going to be corporations that claim ownership yeah, of, I think... of Mars first and then just maybe backed by the government. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, and this goes to our ego as human beings. And, and, and this conversation, this convo can really go super deep um, because we're assuming that space is controlled by us. We are the authority. We are the top of the food chain. We are the gods of everything. And that as humans, we ha- we can give claim to space, just like we did with continents, to just like we did with property, anything like that. Um, when it comes to space, I don't see that's going to happen. Of course, we're going to act like it's a controlled environment, if you will. But it really isn't when it's all said and done. I mean, for all you know, there's probably other life forms. Out. I mean, this is. I mean, as I said, this can go really deep. I mean, I think this goes goes back to you know our belief that we are the top dogs in the world, right? And by the world, I mean you know the universe, and that's obviously not the case. Just based off of scientific fact, based off of mathematic fact, we cannot be the only species in the solar system. And, and by species, I mean intelligent species at that. So on that notion, you know, it's probably going to be, yeah, I think companies, some sort of corporation that's going to have some sort of ownership. I think space travel is going to eventually become more of a um, independent run ordeal. So just like Elon Musk is doing it, I can see some rich billionaire in Dubai doing the exact same thing, right? Um, I think it's going to be less emphasis on governments doing it because think about it. What's why would the government want to do anything like this? It's for their own personal gain, right? And if they can make money off it, then they're going to do it. What was happening during the sixties when they were competing with the Russians? Every TV channel had space on their programs. All the merchandise during that era, um, it was something that a lot of jobs were being opened up. So it's it. You know, there's no reward for them doing this right now, which is why I'm thinking, yeah, as you said, it's going to be more of a corporation-run um, ordeal until the government sees that, okay, we can profit off of the space travel. We can um, use some of its application to improve our lives. But re- mm-hmm. but in reality, it's not really going to be like that, right? Um, and because that's why it's taking so long, because 
why i mean think about it the war in iraq goes back to that same example the war in iraq was more than the entire budget of nasa one year that's that crazy. Al- that alone should speak some sort of volumes right yeah it's pretty crazy man like now do you think we're gonna i think we'll see people on mars it's gonna be in, in our lifetime maybe it, you know i think elon musk, musk said by 2025 or something which is it seems super ambitious but it's gonna be crazy like you know i can imagine back i think it was the 60s uh when mm-hmm. they landed on the moon i i don't really know i probably have to look that up i, th- I, I think so. Been I, think a, so. I think so oh sorry about it that. must have been a sight to see like can imagine yeah. being uh watching the tv that day as as a kid um and i'm sure i can talk to either my mother or grandmother and, and uh yeah. talk to them about like that day it must have been pretty pretty incredible like i for me the only thing i can i can relate to that is is when 9 11 happened where you know kind of the whole world stopped and was watching what well, was happening yeah because right. if you think about it i remember i you know it's funny you you mentioned this I, I remember having a conversation with an older gentleman that i used to work with at one of my part-time jobs growing up and, and he was telling me how much creativity and how much enthusiasm and how much ambition there was during the 60s because you saw something that you never ever ever thought would happen it was like out of a science fiction movie right yeah and it opened up a whole new world of thinking a whole new world of possibilities and it it really you know it sparked a lot of you know things in the human imagination that's what he used to say because he he was russian by the way and so he was speaking on it from just the Russian perspective as, as the American perspective. And he said, you know, it just, if you're a kid growing up in that era, it allows you to envision and think and want to do something, you know, something special, kind of think, think out of the box kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what space is, right. It's, you know, I mean, now, of course you can go to school for, for space. You can say, let me go to York university or, the university of toronto and take a degree in space travel no it's there's a little bit more to that um but i mean it's something yeah, in the that future that might change you never, you know. never yeah, I wouldn't, I, yeah and that's the thing i think it's you know it's one of the industries that i wish can get some funding that i wish can because it's kind of unfortunate that you have a billionaire that's doing all this that's trying to yeah. push the human footprint in space right whereas and now keep in mind we both know that the government governments generally are broke <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. you know you know now is probably the worst time for our government or the american government to invest in anything because mm-hmm. ultimately you know they're printing more money now because of covid and all the free money they're giving away so let's not even ask them to throw trillions upon trillions on space travel mm-hmm. yeah it'll be it's going to be interesting i think it'll be i think it'll happen in our lifetime and then from there, there's a cool video on YouTube that I was watching, you know, when I was talking with my buddy Chris about this uh, space travel and Elon Musk and all this stuff. And it was basically saying it was a hypothetical video on the next 100 years hmm. uh, if we once, once we land on Mars. And it was talking about how once we get there, you know, what would be kind of the next, uh, you know, logical steps would be to set up base to, to set up like, uh, you know, these, these domes where people are living in and then slowly but surely bringing more people there, scientists mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And to eventually colonize it, right? Like, like it's pretty crazy. There's some, some crazy stuff, um, there, but it's, um, for me, it's so crazy to think about, like, you know, it, it's sad. There's so much bad things happening to our planet now that we're not taking care of. 
And um, from my understanding, it's it's we've reached a, a point of maximum capacity where um, I think uh, I, I think somebody maybe can comment in, in the comments, but I think we're past the point now of being able to save like the ozone layer. I think we passed that bridge like a few years back where, you know, environmentalists were talking about, oh, hey, we got to do this now and stop polluting. But I, I think like our ozone layer, there's like another 100 years it's left bad. or something like that where it's like just going to be gone. <laughs> It's it's bad. It's bad. Like when it comes to global warming, gosh, it's. But then again, you know, it's you know we're saying this because we're going by what the scientists are saying, which is facts, right? Unfortunately, um, that same principle and theory can't really affect. I mean, it's a tough one, right? Because if we're going to sit here and say, you know what, the scientists are saying, global warming is bad. Here's the evidence then we should be able to use that same sort of premise and apply that to COVID, right? Um, but I mean, it's unfortunately, it's hard to do that. <laughs> it's hard to do that. Yeah, man. Oh, man, we, we touched on a lot of subjects tonight. The socializing during COVID, technology, Elon Musk, flying cars, Mars. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think that was pretty good. We could, It's already been about 45 minutes almost. So yeah. maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sign off for tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody, again for, for tuning in. Um, please follow us on YouTube. Please follow us on Spotify. Uh, please like, please share. This really does help us uh, grow and um, get the content to other people. Absolutely. Um, that's it. Uh, Dre, anything to say uh, as we sign out? No, it's, you know, to everyone who's listening, happy Sunday and uh, have a great week, everybody. Um, and we will check back in next week. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys, for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody.